It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm Zach Blackerby, your host every single day here on the show. The bulk of today's show will be a conversation with with Noah Garner of ESPN 106.7. He hosts On the Line from 2 to 4 weekday afternoons, which you can hear all over the state, as well as uh, yeah, I mean, on different different apps and podcasts. He'll he'll tell you more all about that coming up, but we'll talk about that. But first thing, there's a few things I want to talk about. Um, The first, some news that broke yesterday. Marcus Davis, former Auburn wide receiver, He's now been promoted. He got the job to be Hawaii's wide receivers coach. And I think that is awesome. I think that's awesome. He and I had a good relationship uh, back when I was hosting the midday show on ESPN when I was doing the lunch break. And he came on fairly regularly for a few months there. And we'd go get lunch and all that. Solid dude. Stand-up dude. Really, really happy for him. Yeah, he was doing some stuff. I believe it was off-the-field stuff at uh, Florida State. So... Props to him. Yeah, it's like he didn't make the league, and then he moves back to Auburn. I think he was, like, selling insurance or something, and I remember him telling me, he's like, man, this is cool and all. I enjoy working and getting to help people, but I want to. I miss the game. And so he got, you know, in with Gus Malzahn. He was kind of one of Gus's guys and worked his way there and got opportunities elsewhere, and boy, did it pay off. And I'm sure he's glad that he made that risk and made that decision, stepping away from a, a pretty steady job that he had. So congratulations to him. And then uh, also want to talk about four Auburn players. They got invites to the NFL Combine. Linebacker K.J. Britt, receiver Seth Williams and Anthony Schwartz, and safety Jamie and Sherwood. Um, I was excited to see this, and I wish Eli Stove would have gotten an invite as well. But they do not, and that is okay. I think Sherwood is interesting. You're seeing more and more people compare him to Cam Chancellor the former Seattle Seahawks safety. So that's fun. Schwartz sells himself with, you know, being the fastest player in the draft. Hopefully he's able to prove that in all this testing. Um, We're actually scheduled to chat with him towards the end of this week. So that should be on the show coming up next week. Fingers crossed with Schwartz. Um, Seth Williams. We talked with Christian Page of CoverOne.net recently. And I think a, one of the 32 teams are going to fall in love with Seth Williams' ability. And same with K.J. Britt. I think they're going to talk with this guy, and they're going to be able to sell themselves on him. So uh, that is good. And then Auburn's Pro Day is set for March 18th as well. So 
We'll see. We will see what happens with that. So, all right, uh, we're going to go to an early break and then a long conversation with Noah Garner. All that coming up right here on Locked on Auburn. RockAuto.com is the best place for you to buy any part for your car, truck, or SUV. Chain stores, they have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices, they're the same for everybody, and they're reliably low for everybody. Yes, that includes you. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear, kind of like what airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody, and it doesn't require a membership or anything or even an account to log in. Just go to RockAuto.com. They have everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV. Right, locked on Auburn in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. That's at rockauto.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Joining us now, Noah Garner, host of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great, Zach. How are you? I am good. I am good. Let, it, let me even us out for a second. All right, so on your show, you've been going through the depth chart position by position, and I'm curious, because it's that time of the year where we talk about this kind of thing. So you've gone through three positions so far, all on offense? Yes. So quarterback, running back, and what's the last one? Tight end. And tight end. I avoided wide receiver because, man, good luck. Good luck projecting that depth chart. Really good luck projecting the tight end depth chart as well because – Really, there's. I feel like there's nothing coming back at, at both of those position groups, even though obviously the entire tight end room is returning. But I feel like there is nothing consistent returning at any of those position groups. Auburn's tight end room last year combined only had 20 catches for 178 yards. Not great. Not great. A lot of snaps, though. They just used the six offensive linemen instead of... You know. Or as an H-back. True. True. Um, all right, so starting with quarterback, obviously Bo is your starter, unless you're you're not buying into that hype that a lot of other people are, where like Bo Nix is the starter next year, right? Folks fell in love with Tyler Shuck as something new and shiny that could come to Auburn because he was written, he was wrote about in, in an article somewhere online that he could come to Auburn or that that fit would make sense. In and a galaxy what? far, far away. And guess what? <laughs> the guy's not better than Bo Nix. Go and look at the stats. That's that's enough to tell you that they're about the same quarterback, except Shuck's a little bit more accurate. But look, if you're going to complain about Bo Nix losing some games that maybe he shouldn't have, which he's only lost one that maybe he shouldn't have, which was the South Carolina game this past year. Mm-hmm. If you want to talk about that, fine. Shuck went into the the Pac-12 title game against USC with a 500 record. They were 3-3. Three and three. They lost to Oregon State this year in Cal. Gross. I, I, uh, you don't want it. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. So you've got Bo, and then who's after Bo? I'm going to Matrius Davis. Now, 
He makes that jump right away? I think it's more of... Is, I, is this going in the next year or going into the spring? This is going into the spring right now, first of all, yeah. So, disclaimer, I'll redo this on my show when it gets into the summer after we've seen the spring and we're gearing up for the actual season because I think there's a potential after the spring game for, for things to change with new freshmen coming onto campus, guys that haven't been enrolled. Now, will those guys play a major factor next year? Probably not because springs are important, but there is still room for things to change going into the summer. So, that is a good disclaimer to make. But sure. I've got D. Davis as my number two quarterback. Why is that? Because I think when it comes down to garbage time in four games this year, Demetrius Davis will take garbage time snaps, or at least three. Okay. Because Auburn's going to blow out Akron, Alabama State, and whoever the fourth team is. Is that Georgia State? I mean, am I, am I sure. remembering that correctly? Whoever the, the fourth same. team is yeah. there or, uh, on Auburn's non-conference slate. And then if there's another blowout in SEC play, then he'll take the snaps then because they want to get the freshman valuable reps. What good does it do for you to put Grant Loy in in garbage time? Does that make him the second quarterback, though? Is that the same thing, the guy who gets snaps in garbage time being the backup quarterback? Because I don't, I don't think it is. I think it's different. They are different. That is a true statement. They are sure. different. I would still like to believe that Auburn would put Demetrius Davis in a football game before they put Grant Loy in a football game. Really? If it's close and Bo Nix goes down, and obviously hopefully we don't ever wish any, uh, any injury on any, of, uh, any players in general, but... If it's close against Ole Miss or Penn State, just random game, if it's tied at 14 going into halftime and you've got to make a decision at half, who starts the second half, you want D. Davis, the true freshman, over Grant Lloyd. Oh, yeah. Really? And my point of that is, look, we've seen Grant Lloyd already sparingly, but we have seen Grant Lloyd a little bit. Well, you've been pretty critical on what D. Davis's role at Auburn may be. That's mainly because I think this coaching staff doesn't have allegiance to any of the Gus Malzahn recruits, mm-hmm. any of the Gus Malzahn players that were brought here. I think he's going to play the best guys that are available. And Demetrius Davis already as a freshman, with the way people are talking about the kid, I would assume that he's already better than Grant Lloyd. Because look, Grant Lloyd had four touchdowns to 11 picks at Bowling Green. Different level of football. That's in the MAC. And sure, his supporting cast is worse than what it would be at Auburn. But look, the MAC competition is also a lot worse. Sure. And if Grant Lloyd was a solid quarterback, it wouldn't have been four TDs to 11 picks. I think you can get more out of Demetrius Davis's skill set in an actual football game than maybe you can get out of Grant Lloyd going into a ball game. It's still going to be very interesting to see how Harson and Bobo use a guy like D. Davis because they haven't ever used a guy like right. D. Davis. And what you mean by that is he, right now, he is a more refined rusher than he is as a passer. Right. But I think... I think he can develop, though, into a passer. Exactly. At least under this staff, because I think they're going to actually put emphasis on mechanics and things like that. But with what you just said about them having not have used a guy like Demetrius Davis in the past... yeah. That's a big reason why I think why I've been critical on his future role at Auburn about whether right. or not he'll take starter snaps. That that's what I'm saying. Down the line, assuming that Bo Nix plays two more years, doesn't get hurt, doesn't miss the start, you know, when Holden Gariner's coming up and it's and it's gonna be a quarterback battle between Holden Gariner and Demetrius Davis, this coaching staff went after two quarterbacks as soon as they got on campus. Mm-hmm. They wasted no time. They missed on Gunnar Stockton, unfortunately. He's headed to Georgia. I, I understand missing on Stockton because he's going to go to a place that's got a little bit more stability than Auburn does at the moment. But I'm not just saying this, Noah, but I, I've seen a little of Gunnar Stockton. I've seen more of Harold Gariner, to be fair, but I'll take Auburn's guy. You'll take Holden Gariner over, oh, over yeah. Stockton? Yeah. And look, Gariner has already gotten that fourth star, and everybody was critical of Gariner because he had three stars. A big part of that's because you're missing camps. Recruiting analysts can't get out there to go and see as many guys during this time because of COVID. This kid can spin it. 
He's, he looked like in the seven-on-seven. Seven. Now, it's not hard to make quick decisions in seven-on-seven, seven, but he was making good, quick decisions in some seven-on-seven seven games. I like this kid a lot. He, he's a Phillip Rivers type, man. He's big. He, yeah. can, he, can, he throws hard. Everybody's talking about him as a gunslinger. When it comes down to it, this coaching staff went after a quarterback right away, and they went after a quarterback that fits their scheme, and that's a point in Garner's corner two years from now when you're looking at a potential quarterback battle against Demetrius Davis it's nothing against Demetrius Davis's skills it's so much more about scheme fit for me and I don't know we don't know yet I'm not saying that he doesn't but we don't know yet if Demetrius Davis fits the scheme that this coaching staff is going to try and and put in play the quarterback lost out uh, in all of this and I think it's a shame because I kind of like some of his stuff coming out of high school but Shiel Garnett I don't see a path to playing time in any kind of world for him and and I hate it now very Tyler Queen-esque type of Auburn career yeah, with less injuries. I think he's yeah. just not as good, or the opportunity's not there. And he chose to come to Auburn knowing that Bo Nix was going to be the starter for a while. Mm-hmm. And so um, you could definitely talk himself up, or you could definitely talk him up with him being a three-star guy from Florida that ran you know, a very run-heavy offense. And, you know, It was very raw. You had a lot of upside there. I don't know if it's all going to hit or not. Then I think the question is, does he transfer or not? How long does he stay at Auburn? Because that's a valuable scholarship spot. Something else I want to point out here about the quarterback depth chart, because a lot of people want to say, well, why isn't this guy playing? Why aren't we giving this guy a shot? Bo Nix is playing bad right now. Blah, 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 blah. What, what, what people don't consider is there are a limited amount of hours in a day that these schools practice. And that means there's a limited amount of reps that these quarterbacks get. And the lower you go on the depth chart, these guys aren't getting reps in practice, mm-hmm. and you can't play them because you don't know what you've got. Right. That happens. That That's just plain and simple. Every rep in practice is so important. One, you get the physical rep, and then two, all every inch of practice is being filmed and then evaluated over and over and over again by this coaching staff. So every rep is so important because that's how they break things down, and that's yep. how you learn both as the individual player and as a coaching staff. Noah Garner of On The Line joining us right here on Locked On Auburn. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football may be over, but the NBA is not. College basketball is just getting started. And uh, the NHL is in the in full swing if you're into hockey. Um, BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They've got real updated uh, odds in real time. And Bet Online has you covered with all the news, scores, and odds. It's the one place that you need for all of your betting needs. And it's free to sign up. In fact, they can actually give you money. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON, L O C K E D O N, promo code LOCKEDON, and receive 50% or your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Continuing our conversation about what we really don't know about this team with this new coaching staff, it's going to be really fun to see the guys that we thought were buried 
on in this depth chart with the Malzahn regime, and then the Harson regime is going to come in, and they're going to they're going to love some of these random backups, and it's going to be impossible to predict. But I think it's going to be cool to see some of these guys that we thought their like playing time was over at Auburn, and then all of a sudden they're going to be key guys in the Harson era. Very possibly, there are some names that we haven't seen in a long time, or really ever, that could emerge into consistent playmaking roles and the area in which that I see the most opportunity for that to occur is a receiver it's anything pass catching related so I include tight ends in that okay I think the tight end depth chart isn't set in stone going into this year I think John Samuel Shanker's at the top of it because among all the tight ends it's him or deal yeah I I like Frazier a lot too though I do really I like Frazier a lot maybe it's the size and that I know that at 6'7 270 that's a pretty difficult cover but it's still more fleet of foot than maybe JJ Pegues there there becomes a height where it becomes almost a liability with leverage and blocking like low man wins you'll hear so many coaches that, that are coaching around the line of scrimmage the low man wins when contact is engaged and I think uh, you know it, it's hard to be the low man when you're six seven, and so one hundred percent. Could he be a big slot type of guy? And I'm not super familiar if Bobo even uses that, but I, I think he could be useful in the passing game. But I don't really want his hand on the ground. But why was he so highly recruited? Is is the point that I come back to? What what did teams love about this guy? That he was six seven back in high school. Yeah. You know, they didn't recruit this guy to come play Auburn basketball. They recruited this guy to come play some Auburn football. Right. And I and once again, this just goes back to we don't know how this coaching staff will evaluate and how this coaching staff will see guys because they didn't recruit him, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. But Frazier was the number eight tight end in his class. He was a four star. There aren't too many four star tight ends out there. You're right. That's borderline five star caliber. I mean, that's in the top percentage of tight ends out there, and he's on this roster. So that's a big part of why I'm high up on him but he could get buried you never know we don't know anything about this tight end group yeah I I think he's going to be used as a weapon downfield but I don't know if it'll be from the traditional tight end spot Mm -hmm. so we'll see about that did you do anything interesting in your depth chart regarding running backs I've got Devin Barrett at, at, at eventually right now he's third going into a day once again this depth chart that I did was going into a day I think when it's all said and done Devin Barrett climbs into the second running back slot over Shivers yep I think over time we see him get more touches at running back because I think there's more you can do with him. He can pass block better than Shivers just because he's larger. Yeah. You know, Shivers in no form or fashion should ever be pass blocking. Anybody could run over the dude. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I, I hate that because Shivers is a is a favorite of mine, and the the touchdown run against Alabama will will be on people's walls for a long time. Forever. Be people's laptop backgrounds for a long time, but. I mean, every time I post an AP Top 25 link on Twitter, the thumbnail is Sean Shivers running over McKinney at the goal line. I mean, I I don't know why that is, but it is. Don't ever change it, AP. (laughs) Don't ever change it. But I think he's really going to benefit from Malzahn giving him a chance to get relevant starting running back reps last year because Mm -hmm. he's shown that he can do it. He just got hurt. And then I think some people are saying – well, can he do it because he got hurt? And I, I, that's a question that Harson's going to have to ask himself. You also make this point a lot. Culture and Sean Chivers is the, lead, is the leader of the running back room. You're right. Tank Bigsby is the best running back in the room, but Sean Chivers, in terms of culture and leadership, he's the senior guy in that room, and he's, he's clearly the leader, and a lot of that comes from his heart. That's what I love about Sean Shivers. And I'm not saying that Sean Shivers isn't going to get any carries. I can see Sean Shivers being used in a similar way. Now, he's not, as, he's not nearly as fast, but if you can get him in straight line, he is. I, I could see him being used in similar ways that Corey Grant was used maybe, just not not in terms of 
play type because Corey Grant was pretty much exclusively on sweeps, but I could see him used in a, in a way where that that's about how many touches he's going to get per game. Dude, if you go back and watch that, I remember Corey Grant being heavily used on sweeps too, but if you go back and watch, Auburn ran him up the middle. Which, it got him to the league. Yeah, it did. And he, I, I do not respect the Jacksonville Jaguars for cutting the man loose. Pretty upset about that because yeah. he was usable in the NFL. He did things. He just couldn't stay healthy after a certain yeah. point, and you absolutely hate it. That, that really stinks. But uh, I'm high on Jarquez Hunter. I just think the fact that he's not here for the spring, that hurts him. It's a big deal. Yeah, and he'll be the fourth guy on the depth chart. But I'm with you. I mean, he looks fun. He looks like he's going to be a fun back one day. And I, and I want to see how this coaching staff recruits running back moving forward now that they've got a full recruiting cycle to go and actually go and get some four or possibly even five-star guys at running back. But the big thing about Devin Barrett for me, he's versatile. And you can't tell me he's not because he's played at wide receiver and defensive back and the previous coaching staff thought that he was good enough to play both of those positions. And they also thought he was good enough to play running back. They didn't move him out of running back because of talent. And former running backs coach Tim Horton said that now, mm-hmm. at, Air, now at Air Force but I, I saw that in a, in a 24-7 sports article. It was right. not about talent. It was they, they moved him out of the room because there was not a path to playing time, and they wanted to get the guy on the field. He can catch for you out of the backfield. I think he's. I don't know about his pass blocking because he's not been in that role at running back. There's probably room for some work there. But I think he can run the ball, and, and, and I know he can catch the ball because that's how he was used in Gus Malzahn's offense when he was a running back. So I think in terms of there's more things you can do with Devin Barrett than there is with Sean Shivers. I'm a little concerned. I talked about this earlier in the week with Charlie Five when he was on the show on Tuesday. But there's a big assumption going on that he played running back then he moved to the other side of the football to play DB, and now all of a sudden he's a running back again. And I think there's just this assumption that like he got better, and it's like, well, he wasn't playing running back, so did he get better at running back? Because becoming a better athlete does not mean you're becoming better at your position. And I think that's something that we should not just assume. Now, I'm pulling for Devin Barrett. I like Devin Barrett. But I don't know if he's a number two SEC running back right now. And we'll find out. Yeah, this is like is Sean Chivers like an, I don't know. It's I don't the know the upside answer for me on Barrett. You're 100 yeah. right. I know, and I hope I haven't said on the show today that I that I think he's gotten better at running back. Mm-hmm. I just think that he's added more tools to his skill set. Sure. He's obviously athletic. He's raw. It's hard to believe that a, that a redshirt junior running back is raw, but he is raw. Yeah. Well, you know, we can catch uh, swing passes. Yes, and that's all Gus Malzahn did with him. But I know I, I think so weird. I, I, that, that, I hated that. That is something that we know though, and he has not lost that from his skill set. The guy's been on special teams as well. I think he's blocked a punt in his career. Swing pass specialist. <laughs> yes, yeah, the the modern day wing back. You yeah, know? <laughs> there it is. There it is. But I, I just think that he, he's gonna he's gonna give you something in terms of pass catching running back, which this coaching staff is going to use. This is a. This coaching staff runs a spread offense with pro-style tendencies to it, which is a lot of today's day and age if you're not truly spreading the field out horizontally. Yeah, it's an actual offense. Yep. It's It's not all gimmicks. It's not all gimmicks. Which I think hurts guys like gadget guys like Shivers and and J.J. Piggies. And so they're going to have to play traditional positions. And it's not that they can't. It's just they haven't been doing that yet. But I'll also say this, folks – be ready for some trick plays. This guy comes from Trick Play University. Yeah. Boise State. Right. He's got it. He was there in the Fiesta Bowl. He's got it in his belt. And, it, and there will be fun trick plays. It won't be a main 
it won't be a main factor in the offense because unfortunately Gus Malzahn made gimmicks a main factor of Auburn's offense like that was Auburn's offense Auburn would run three or four uh, uh, you know run plays to set up a certain play action for J.J. Pegues to catch an eight yard to to catch a, a a ball out in the flat and turn it upfield for eight yards like they, Auburn would waste five plays in the span of a game offensively just to set up that one play. Mm-hmm. That's atrocious. That's not, I, and I'm not a coach, but still, I, I, I'm not one of the first people to criticize that. No, you're not. So you won't be the last. But trick plays, like fun trick plays, stuff that could be home run shots that people that, saw. You're paid at tight end. Is that what you're saying? No, <laughs> and not and not Chandler Cox spinning in circles. Uh, you're not a fan of the Cox Cat? No, he's a friend of the program. He 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 loved the Cox Cat. Uh, and I'm sure he did. I mean, like, if Gus Malzahn walked into your house and said, or not walked into your house, just walked into your room at, at, at He's football to my house. and was like, he can come to my house. Sure. And I, and I like Malzahn, but, but still, if, if Malzahn came up to you as a player and was like, all right, look, we've got something planned for you today, and, and no doubt this is going to work. We're going to have you spin in circles. <laughs> And you may or may not throw the football. Are you trying to sound like Gus Malzahn right yeah, now? I'm probably not doing a very no, good you're, job. No, you're not. You're yeah. not doing a good job, but I, I, I knew what you were doing. So maybe, maybe you did. <laughs> maybe I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah and, and I remember asking about that. I was like, what were you thinking the first time he said that? And he's like, I was shocked. But it was awesome. I'm like, okay, sweet. You All don't right. think when Gus Malzahn tells you that, if Gus Malzahn says, you're going to spin in circles and throw the football and you're a fullback, you're like, Heck yeah, man! I'm going to be remembered forever in Auburn football history for this one moment. <laughs> I don't, I don't hate the Cox Cat as much as it was fourth and two, and Auburn was still in it against Clemson early that season, and they did like a toss to Chandler Cox. That that's the play call that involves <laughs> Ch- uh, Chandler Cox that I hated the most. That hurts you. That hurts you. Uh, it did. It phys- I'm physically hurting right now talking about it. And that Clemson game, if you'll remember, Auburn had a hell mary at the end, and if they caught it, they win. Auburn totally should have won that game. Like, if their offense is, like, even, like, remotely close to average in that game, they Auburn win. should have beat Clemson in 2017. If their offense was remotely average in 2017, they win that game. Is Clemson 17 the, the quarterback game? 13 sacks. 13. <laughs> 13 sacks. Unbelievable. It's got to be some kind of record. I think it tied a record. That's a shame that that's not a record. But we were a game away from going to the playoff. <laughs> and so it's like when people are saying, like, well, you know, things didn't get better under Gus. And it's like, they did, though. It just took them way too long to get going. Gus Malzahn elevated the program from when he came in. And I, I'm not trying to turn 100%. this. 100%. I'm not trying to turn this show into, you know, Gus Malzahn, you know, appreciation and trying to rehash old days and things like that. But Gus Malzahn, when he came in in 2013, after what happened in 2012, elevated the program to the point where it is now, where it can, it's close to competing on the national stage. It's not quite there, but it's close. Just look at the fact that they're in the top 10 most of these years under Gus Malzahn. Did they finish that way? No, but the perception of Auburn is different than where it was when he came in. And a big part of that is the fact that he took him to two SEC championships. He got him in a national championship. People are not averse to having Auburn in the college football playoff conversation. They've been in the rankings. They've been highly ranked. They've been there. The national perception is not looking down on Auburn when it comes down to crunch time at the end of the year. 
They just have to win the big games, and that is what went against Malzahn when it, when it came down to it. Noah Gardner, always enjoy having you on, my friend. Where can people find what you've got going on? Find me on ESPN 106.7 in Auburn and Opelika or on Fox Sports Central Alabama. Big coverage area there, 280 between Auburn and Birmingham. You can hear it in Southern Birmingham, Montgomery. That's from 2 to 4 p.m. on On The Line or find the podcast wherever you get your podcast. And find me on Twitter at Point Gardner. If you missed yesterday's show, be sure to check that out. Auburn football chief of staff Brad LaRondo joined us. Uh, a lot of you guys really liked it. If you have not gotten the chance to check that out, yeah, go ahead and check out yesterday's show. We'll be back tomorrow. You can follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby, the show on Twitter at Locked on Auburn, and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. Join our Discord in the episode description. Uh, a lot of good Auburn chatter going on 24-7 there. And we'll be back tomorrow for a Ferg Friday right here on Locked on Auburn. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.